man, with spades for his firework situation, I will probably have to deal with that until the day he dies. He's getting better, actually, in the last year. He's got a, he's made heaps and heaps of progress. However, I don't think we'll ever cure it. And I think he always had it. I think now if I was looking at him as a puppy, I would have done things a lot differently, for sure. Um, pity why, um, you know, we couldn't raise my own puppy again to go through all that. That was the initial excitement of it all. But, um, but it doesn't matter because I know it will happen again. But it's important as well that... Um, like, you know, think about him. He's going to, you know, eventually maybe become a dog that's going to help with, you know, socializing with other dogs. But I didn't use Ace until he was three and then Spades until he was about around three, two, two and a half, three. So, you know, they were already dogs before yeah. we put them. So then you may want to now specifically make him more resilient, more confident because he may t- take on more mm. of a task than every other dog. So you need to know what your dog's all about. Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. And I'm back in studio with Luke, brother. The Good long, to see you. The long, not long awaited. That sounds a bit egotistical, but I'm back. He's back. Yeah. Yeah, had, you need a little bit of time to sort your shit out and, yeah. well, what's the great news? You got a little puppy now, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we Should we show the people real quick? Show the people. Shadow. Obviously, his name is Shadow. Exhausted. Kelpie Cross Border Collie, yeah? Kelpie Cross Border Collie. You see him? Say hi. Say hi, buddy. <laughs> Say what the hell? <laughs> uh, nine weeks yesterday. Obviously, people that just listen to this, we just put him up to the camera and hopefully we get this little bit of the episode up onto Instagram. Otherwise, what are you looking you at? Follow us on Instagram. Exactly. Um, but yeah, how's it been going? Yeah, it's good, man. Um, Trying times? Yeah, it's, challenging? Uh, it's... I don't have a kid, so you can speak to that, but it's... Uh, it's been interesting. Yeah. I slept on the couch for like four nights. Um, he's good in the crate at nighttime, but as you just, as we just saw in the last Still half adjusting hour, to yeah, the yeah, he's not, he doesn't, he doesn't like being in there when he's awake yep. so much. Yeah. So we're working on it. Of course. Look, in you know, the first week, two, three, four weeks, he's always going to be that challenge of, you know, getting used to your connection, your relationship, knowing his little tendencies and, you know, there's little quirky behaviors that he does and it's good management. And now all the things that we've talked about now all coming to light, as we we're saying just um, off air before was you see the difference between like reading it, learning it, hearing about it, but then internalizing it go- while going through it is a whole different ball game, right? So it's awesome. It's it's exciting, and you're doing well so far. You know, we met Spades actually. Spades in the yard now, and yeah. they had a little. We did a little thing actually. We um did a little Instagram live thing as well, didn't we? Just working on a couple yeah, of basics. Did. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so it's not to rush it. You know, anyone that's getting a puppy, and especially people that are passionate and excited, is that if we push it too hard. Yeah, it's we, hard we, because we I've got it. so much. You're eager, pent up. Not frustration, but like. Because I've learned so much in the last year and oh, 18 months of work doing this with you, like, and it is 18 months now. So oh, there wow. you go. Um, yeah, like, you know, probably putting more expectations on myself yes. and possibly on the dog as well. For sure. Than I, than I should be. So, I'm trying to just take it 
Look, a little bit more easy. Enjoy the puppy. Enjoy your connection. Enjoy all the little, as we said before, is there little nuances that we need yeah. to look at. Like when you're out, what does he do when he sees a dog? What's he, what's he like when the wind blows the trees? And, you know, just those little tiny things. Actually, someone um, messaged me on, um, on Instagram asking about like her puppy gets really freaked out by loud noises, like, you know, the cars and things and like what to do. Take things slowly. Actually, everything about what this episode's all about is about mindset and behavior. Things that we're going to talk about can relate to puppies. However, we're talking uh, obviously across the board and some, some of those behaviors that we're going to mention is like more ingrained behaviors. Yeah. But, um, what, what is the difference between mindset and behavior? So when that puppy is freaked out by the cars driving past, it's that you need to t- take into consideration. Well, the mindset is fear if the dog's scared of the cars. And then we see the behavior of, and I'm assuming that this puppy is not barking at it, but probably trying to run away from it. And then we see the behavior. And then where's the correlation between the both? And what influences the other? And it's all about building confidence around cars and knowing what the routine of the walk is rather than isolating the behavior and waiting for the behavior to happen for us to only fix that. We need to look at what, what led up to it. And also, what's the intensity? How close are you to these different things? Mm. So, Tyler Muto, um, a trainer in the States, he's, um, he stimulated this thought process in me. Um, more of an intellectual one. I think I re- I resonate with a lot of things that, that he says and a lot of other trainers, obviously, but he, um, and he's very philosophical, right? So he has, and, and I, and I guess I think along those lines too, but the way that he explained mindset versus behavior. Now I'm fully going to butcher he, what he said, but it ties into, um, what, I've been listening to a little bit of Andrew Huberman, the um, neuroscientist that was on Joe Rogan episode, um, Joe Rogan experience a couple of months ago. Yeah. He said something very similar and, and, um, but different in the same. So basically what Tyler said was, if we want to change behavior, let's say lunging at the postman and changing that behavior itself, we have to go, well, then why does he lunge at the postman? Let's just say that he's scared of the postman, right? So he sees him approach, he freaks out, he barks and lunges, a guy continues driving because he's just got to drop the mail off. Reinforced. And then he gets reinforced by doing the behavior. The reinforcer is distance, right? Um, yeah, but, and then also it can be sometimes just the behavior, the behavior itself self is, is the thing yeah. that he wants to do. Yeah. But, um, but we have to look at, well, then what's the mindset of that dog? Maybe well, let's not use the postman because that's a little bit more different because that could happen when we're not around. But let's just say it's when the dog's on the lead and he sees another dog, even better example. So more um, common example, maybe. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's something that we can easily control because if you don't want him reacting out of the dogs, you put him somewhere where he can't see dogs when you, he's left unattended. And then when you're with him, with the postman, he's, if your dog's in the front yard, he's going to be performing this behavior regardless. But it all comes like every single example can be, um, we can use this um, concept is that, and this is the paradox. So bear with me. If behavior is a reflection of mindset and how do you change mindset in something? The only way to change mindset is by influencing and changing the behavior. But if behavior is reflection of mindset and the only way to change mindset is through behavior, which one came first? Mm, the mindset or the behavior? The exactly. Yeah. But the most pragmatic way of dealing with this is going, well, I can't, I can't get into the dog's head. There's no buttons that I can press to make him think a certain way. So the only way that I can do that is by um, good management and by good um, schedules of reinforcement in terms of desensitization using counter conditioning. If you don't know what those things are, you can listen to earlier episodes. We go into more depth about that. But better, but better to think of. I think it's a little bit too loud, bro, for me. Oh, sorry, I just turned the headphones down a bit. That's all good. 
Um, so, um, so yeah, so you can see the paradox there. So let's, and I, and I've definitely used this example on the podcast before, but let's say Luke's having a panic attack. He's freaking out. And I see you hyperventilating. You're breathing very short. You're starting to go a little bit pale. You're sweaty. You're erratic movement. And if I came to you, cause my agenda is to make you relax, me telling you, Hey, calm down, bro. Calm down. Mm. What's wrong with you? Mm. Me saying that to you by telling you what mindset you should adopt doesn't make you any more calmer. Um, depends what sort of influence I have on you, but usually you telling somebody who's having a panic attack to calm down isn't going to work. But what I can do- That might have the opposite effect. Exactly. You'd be mm. pissed off with me and then you go, now I'm, oh my God, I thought I was panicking and now he sees me panicking, I'm panicking even more. And that's, yeah. that's an example of anxiety, right? But what I could do, which maybe have a bit more success, would say, hey bro, it's all good, I'm with you. Look at me, let's take some, some nice deep breaths. Five seconds in, five seconds out, and let's count down from 10 backwards. Let's do this until we start to feel better. We do it for a minute, two minutes. And then after you say, hey, man, thanks, I feel a little bit better about that. It's because we influenced behavior, which then changed the chemistry, changed the mindset. Um, and then if we can do this regularly over and over again, that's how we start then getting some more conditioned behaviors. And um, so something what Andrew Hubman was talking about was, there was a video, I was trying to find it again to listen to it so I didn't butcher his words, but he said something like, we think we have to change our beliefs for our behaviors to change. But neurochemically, he says we have to change our behaviors, what we do, and then our b- beliefs start to change. Yeah. And again, it's exactly the same of what Tyler was saying is that they both come together, but they are separate, you know, like behavior is one thing. And- That's sort of like setting a new habit, like a the mindset of say, going to the gym regularly starts with the behavior of going to the gym yes. regularly. How many people do you know? They go, yeah, I love doing Wim Hof. Uh, I Wim Hof. Yeah, I Wim Hof. And it's like, when was the last time you did it? Oh, like three months ago? Yeah, yeah, I did well, it you, once. <laughs> yeah, you like the idea of it. You love the the everything that it, that it means. But if you're not doing it every day and you're not getting the benefits, we, we can use Wim Hof. We can use exercise. We could use um, eating junk food. Like you can – how about that guy that tells you off – because you're eating the chips at the party, but he's still eating the chips. He's like, yeah, you may know that it's not good for you, but we want to embrace the action of it. And I think that's kind of where, um, where Andrew was talking about is that you can believe a certain religion, for example, but if you're not practicing the religion, but you identify with the religion, like there's, there's a two different things. You're not going to get a change in your, in your neurons and in your brain and, and in your spine. Right. And that's what, that's where our consciousness lays. So if that's happening for us, it's definitely happening for dogs. So let's give a real example of that is that if the dog was lunging at the other dog and we say, yeah, the dog's scared. Well, if we remove the dog and he never gets to be around dogs, he may be in a good mindset, right? But he may not be in that mindset when there's dogs around. So everything about desensitization is about having a neutral or positive experience with the things around him. And we do that by systematic desensitization, which is breaking down Tiny little steps. So let's just say, for example, we have the dog on the leash and he sees a dog across the road. And this kind of relates to the redirected aggression episode that we just did before. This one was about talking when the dog reaches too much of a threshold, he he may redirect his his aggression onto you. So here the point of all of this is to keep him under threshold by you see the dog, I mark and reward. Or you see the dog and I get you to look at look at me to reward. Or when you see the dog, you go into your place on a bed command or you do it down or you do a specific behavior. If the dog's hungry enough and motivated enough and you're consistent enough, the dog will then go, hey, there's a dog over there. Do you have something for me? We're changing mindset Mm. by changing behavior. But it's all about good management. And that's where everyone screws it up. So my client the other day, she'd be listening to the the podcast. 
she'd been watching the videos on YouTube and I knock on the door and I knew I looked at the the description of the episode of, I mean, of the session of what it's going to be like and it wrote something like Dashan barks at visitors when people come over. So I only know, you can just say Dashan, I know what the dog's going to do anyway. You knock on the door. <laughs> yeah, no surprises. And then, like full on. And all I hear on the other side of the door is look, 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 look. So the theory was great. Yeah, you want the dog to look at you when the dog is faced with the stimulus. Yeah, but it doesn't mean shit to the dog. Well, like the dog didn't even hear what she was saying because he was He's just in down. the frenzy, yeah. right? And the dog barked a lot. Um, so I guess in that moment there, we had to talk about, well, good management first. Let's not get the dog into such a higher state of arousal where he's going to, how can he listen to you and follow your commands when he's, um, when he's faced with that sort of threat, so to speak? So, um, so what I told them to do in that scenario was, well, the dog has to be on the lead, which the dog was on the lead, but no one was holding it. And they had to make some space between them and the door. I want the dog to be able to focus. Now, maybe they were too close to the door. So I got them to move further away. So, my point in that moment there is that, yeah, they wanted the dog to look, but the dog didn't have the potential to look because he didn't find that valuable. And also he had no consequences for not looking because the dog knew to look. The dog knows look. The dog knows all its commands. But now they need to learn how to do it when the dog's in a different mindset. And that's the point of all of that. Mm. Self-explanatory makes yeah, sense, right? Yeah. So, um, so it's important as well that we have to think about our mindset. When we start to get a little bit nervous when your dog is reacting um, to your visitor coming over, is that, well, are you going to let the dog's trigger become your trigger or are you going to be a couple of steps ahead? So my point about that is when people are coming through the doorway and you know Shadow in six months gets a little bit freaked out by certain guys wearing a hat, for example, and let's just say something bad happened. He got stepped on by someone wearing a hat when he walked through the front door. Maybe someone kicked the shit out of him. Maybe he never seen someone in a hat before. Clearly not. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you get my point is that there's so many reasons why the dog can be displaying the behavior. But the best way to harness a certain mindset from a dog is by not waiting for the dog to present the behavior. And I think that's where it gets even more complicated mindset behavior is that we want to I'm assuming the dogs are in the calm state before someone's come through the door. How can you maintain that state? So with that dash hound, when I rocked up, the dog had to go outside while we were talking. There was no way that I could talk to to the people. For, it was way over. His- it was just, it was just like I couldn't yeah. concentrate. The dog was right there barking. And also, it's, I didn't want to jump straight into it. Now, with them, it was cool because they had been um, avid listeners of the show, which is so good because they already had a good marker. Um, the dog understood what yes meant. Um, they had look. They had come. They had bed. They had down and sit. Yes, so, I was going to say, what did you do? Did you like use the place bed command to- So, in well, then I had to get, first of all, I, the dog wouldn't couldn't listen. So, when we opened the door and she had the dog on the lead and she brought through, the dog was just focused fully on me. So, first of all, before we could even use food, they, they, they needed to know how to use their body language. And they also needed to know how to use the leash properly. But what I did for them and- Oh, it, I was spewing. I was recording it, but then my phone um, SD card ran out of space and it stopped <laughs> halfway through. And it would have been a good transition because right from the beginning, it was barking like buck, 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 buck. So you couldn't hear the video at all. You couldn't hear me talking. But towards the end of the video, um, the dog was showing desirable behavior. So what we did, and I'm going to see what I can find from that video and see if it's salvageable. But every time, I think the dog's name was Bernie. Bernie looked at me. They just marked and they rewarded. Confusing, right? You think, but the dog's barking, aren't I reinforcing barking? Yeah. If behaviors were that easy to create, then we didn't need dog trainers because it doesn't work just that way. It's not just one thing equals another thing. There's a bit of a, there's nuance to it. There's timing. And it, because what happened was, so Bernie looked at me for the five times, even if he was barking in, intensely, 
if she was loud enough for the dog to hear the marker, straight away he flinged his head back to her to get the food. And then what happened very within, and because the dog already knew a look command as well, so that it had success with getting paid for focus, was that he would look at me and then within like three seconds look back at her and then she would reward it. And then once we got that happening where, and the, the dog wasn't fully scared of me, the dog was just unruly, a little bit overexcited and a bit nervous. And it's a dashing. He's a dachshund, and he's only one years old, so we're going to see some of that. But also, he didn't know what to do. It was a big frenzy when people came over. It was a big lots of pats, and yeah, by the end of the night, he'll like you. I'm like, you could let go of the lead right now. He'll probably come up to me, and he'll, he'll accept my pat, which he did towards the end of the session. Like, there was no problem. But that wasn't my issue. I don't want him to be eventually okay with people. I want him to know there's no barking from the beginning. So it's a mindset thing. And so basically what we did was the dog was on the lead every time he looked, and then also when the dog then did start barking – and we were paying full focus on me, then I would get her to like face, get in between me and her, use her body language, um, use a bit of leash pressure to be like, hey, focus on me. Then the dog would lock in on her, then she would give a command. So in this case, it was the bed, dog went onto the bed. And then then we had, because out of all the th- good things they did, they didn't have a release command. So if the dog didn't know how to get off the bed, well then how does he know how long to stay there for? Yeah. So then- and then I was able to get up, open the door, close the door, and then there was the dog understood what was happening. Now I'm interested to see him again and see how we go from there. But that's all. That was a great example of mindset versus behavior. Now you can just punish a behavior away, but if you're not sure of why the dog's doing it, like for example, when Shadow was barking and whining at the um at the, the exercise crate, pen, yeah. then like in that moment there, the only best punishment you can give him is negative punishment by not giving him any attention. Negative being removal of our attention and punishment being something undesirable. Until he was calm and quiet, which he was, we presented ourselves. And that took us half an hour, so it took us half an hour. Mm. And we hung out and we wait. And the point of that is if I went there to correct him because I didn't like his behavior because his barking triggers my thoughts about my neighbors, then what happens is he may just be scared of going in the pen, but also you're suppressing his behavior. It's not a grateful relationship. And also it's it's an inappropriate correction. If he was a year and a half old and he was and he already had gone to the toilet and he's in his crate, but he just – he started developing the habit because he stayed at your parents' house and your parents um, let him out every single time he barked because he was opportunistic and he thought he would try. That sort of situation is like, yeah, buddy, you're getting a correction for that yeah. um, because now you're just trying to get my attention. But here he doesn't know what the – it's a context thing. Contextually, Shadow will sleep in there all night, right? Yeah, well, he loves For it. a good chunk yeah, of the night. When he's but, asleep, he loves but it. But during the day – work on him being awake in there. Yeah. He's not a big fan. Exactly, yeah. because he because he hasn't seen it before. And because it, when you got here, he just slept. Yeah. So for him, he's like, no, now I come out. Exactly. Because usually, I'll, I'll when he wakes up, I take him out to toilet outside, and he's getting better at that. You know, not pissing in the house. Uh, and then he he sort of we play for a bit, mm-hmm. and then generally I don't put him back in until he's tired again. Exactly, which is good, and that's and that's a good thing to do. Yeah. But I've then- only had him for. Literally not even a week. It's been seven days, right? Yeah. You got him to like yeah. a couple of hours would be a full week. So yeah. that's good. It's not like what you have, what you've been doing is wrong. But what, one thing is about just looking at his mindset. So this is what people can take away from the episode: is don't just see a behavior as a behavior. You know, given this example before, if you keep getting abscesses and your doctor keeps cutting them out and you're on the seventh one over the next two weeks of getting the same abscess, a good doctor or a decent one should be like. Should run some bloods and yeah. find out what's going on. Yeah. Because it was something deeper. Yeah, there's something happening. Yeah. But we see the behavior thing. is a function of mindset. Exactly. Yeah. But then and the paradox goes is like, how do we jump in? Now you can influence mindset. 
when you start learning levels of your own self, meditation, mm. breathing, exercise, working under pressure, you can get to a point where, perfect example, um, did some paintball a couple of weeks, weeks ago. Um, indoor paintball, so it's kind of close quarters. Where's you that? get hit. Um, Torella, um, the uncle. Yeah, it's a good close. spot. Yeah, it's yeah. just down the road. So, um, so we we're there in the zone, ba ba ba, and I had a good vantage point. I was up on the side. I had a little um, technique happening, um, which was working really well for me. If you're going to be in paintball in these enclosed spaces, I, I suggest huddling um, the flanks, go up the side. You're in the middle. You don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. Anyway, that's my very limited paintball <laughs> um, advice that I could give you. But anyway, so my point is that I was there. Does it hurt? Yeah, I had a little bruise, little but, yeah. but you should see some of the other boys. I had, yeah. I got them from close range, though. So I got them. Do real they give good. you like padding, or you can, but you know, paddings for pussies. Yeah. Um, At least give you like overalls. You like. need, yeah. So they give you overalls. Like um, I put the gloves on because I didn't want my knuckles getting hit. Um, did I even have? No, I didn't even put the gloves on. Mm. I only had the face mask. Actually, mm. I had the full helmet. But so to my point, I was up on the side there. As soon as I went to advance a bit forward um someone had already seen me obviously and they and i got one in the inside of the thigh the pain was pain it wasn't a big deal but one thing that i noticed which was really cool um was as soon as i got hit i felt the adrenaline rush i felt me intensely sweating within half a second boom everything everything turned on i went from a relatively calm happy estate to a shit's getting real right now and you just got whacked with something um it's not like laser challenge where you're like oh that's frustrating it's like the immediacy of your punishment yeah, yeah. Or, or the sensation straight away. Yeah. So I felt the feeling of pain. I felt my adrenaline rush. I felt my sweat happening. The The consequence of sweating with the mask on was that my fogged I fogged up. Mm. So then I started getting more panic again. We're talking within three seconds. And I'm like, breathe, motherfucker, breathe. Mm. I'm like, oh, yeah. That was the voice in me that said, get it all back. Because what I, what I noticed <laughs> Shit, shit. And yeah. it's like, don't be in that state of mind. First of all, it's painful. You can't die. Mm. But even if you could die, there's no point being in that panicky state of mind. There's too many of them for you to just go up and just try to take the enemy out. So you have to think under this sort of pressure. And I and I was happy with myself to have that experience because it's exactly like what we're trying to do with dogs, except the dog doesn't know how to meditate. The dog doesn't know how to focus on its breath and try to control the heartbeat. Hence, the whole point of Wim Hof is to – um, while you're in that state of holding the breath, and I can do it for like up to two minutes now, is you can control your heartbeat beat just by thinking about it. It sounds woo, it sounds out there, but I really do believe that we can control ourselves that way. And if we can teach our dogs to do something similar through obedience and through conditioning and through good um, management and by being consistent – and also knowing how far, like that, that girl with the dog that is freaking out the car, it sounds like she went. So there's another problem. We say expose the dogs, expose them. Okay. We expose them. We expose them too much. And now we've created a neurotic event t- towards cars or whatever. So we got to know the dog specifically, that dog that's in front of you and going, we're halfway up the driveway. The car made a backfire noise. He's a bit concerned. I marked and rewarded. He was happy about that. Finish right there and there. That's one good thing I've noticed with Shadow is he's generally not phased by any sounds, any movement, motorbikes, birds, other dogs. Good. Loud noises. Perfect. Like I run the blender right next to his crate. doesn't worry him. Perfect. And like see, that. so like there, there's no then like his mindset using the same kind of sticking to the topic would be that he doesn't, if anything, he's just like, oh, that's just a sound that happens. He's like, whatever, yeah. Who cares, right? But if- but if we go too far, so he's still in that critical period, by all means. You, yeah. And again, you go over we say, oh, yeah, he's been okay. You go outside at the same time the car, 
Um, the motorbike went past was when the same time he got caught up on the lead and something happened. There could be like a suspicious behavior that was developed there, or he could just be simply freaked out by the loud motorbike. And I hate loud, 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 loud motorbikes. That just does my head. Maybe because I'm an old man now. Um, yeah, I don't, I everyone don't has to stop. I don't see the need for him, bro. Maybe stop. Like, anyway, I don't even know how it's legal, but it's just annoying. If it's not. It's not illegal. Okay, yeah. No. So um, <laughs> that's the point. Yeah, but um, it's just too loud. Everyone has to stop their their conversation for yeah. the for the freaking motorbike. Especially when you're like at the cafe or exactly, you know, and they just go. But that's what freaks dogs out. Um, yeah, and especially when the dog was just dealing with the like it wasn't comfortable in the environment, but just dealing with it, mm. tolerating so, it exactly, tolerating it. But so um, so yeah, we got to know how far, when, when not to mindset behavior, you know, and hopefully this kind of triggers some th- um, thought process for everybody mm. to be like. Well, what's your mindset like right now? And then what's your behavior like right now? And then assess that when you're freaking out. Um, things that I do with spades. So, um, I think we talked about fireworks and knowing that spades does not like fireworks anymore. Um, and thunder. How did that start again? Because I took him. Did you listen to the episode? <laughs> I Luke forgot. Badman. <laughs> um, but, um, we were at the farm. We shot the guns. I've had him in the shed. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that single event learning he created- He was fucking shitting himself. He, yeah, right? he, was, he was shivering. He was quivering. And yeah. I did everything wrong. Um, wish I can go back and do it again. Um, what late. I would have done that's was- that's how it is, isn't it? It's too yeah. late. Well, what I would have done would have been perfect was keep him in the car, aircon running, and put the car like a kilometer away on the property and somewhere. Shoot the gun. Get the boys to drive me. The car's running. Like, it's private property. No one's around. I come back with the music would have been running. He wouldn't have even heard it. But not that close that quickly. But anyway, um, New Year's Eve. Now, I had no obligations. First of all, we couldn't go anywhere anyway. And also, I got a baby, so there was nowhere to go. Um, he's, but we had, he's not such a baby anymore. Baby. Well, he's a toddler, right? <laughs> um, an infant. I think he's a toddler still. Yeah. No, toddler and then infant's like two. What's the difference? He's almost two. So, a baby is like up to like six months and then or eight months and then, then they're a toddler. He's talking now a little bit. I yeah, saw your Insta story words. and you're like- Say hi, and he goes hi. <laughs> he says heaps of words, heaps of words. It's crazy. It's um, it's really cool watching him develop and grow, and and I'm happy. I'm little, happy that I have the time. Human. He, it's crazy. I mean, raising- they go from a baby, so yes. helpless, to like a little personality and a little totally. You know, he's swimming today. He's swimming, 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 swimming. He's annoying. We shouldn't have told him that he was going because <laughs> Tanya couldn't get ready. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, what was I saying? Um, oh, we spayed. So. I was at home. I had a whole bunch of Zeewee peak. Um, the problem with that was that we gave him so much Zeewee peak that he's not used to that his farts were killer. Spades? But yeah. Oh, every that was time- originally for the puppy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, no, I bought a second packet. Okay. So, now I've been using that. That shit's expensive. Man. It is. It's you- 50 bucks a kilo. Yeah. Is it worth no, it? not a kilo. It is. I looked it up. I thought mine- Even on Amazon, it's like 50 bucks a kilo. I think I got mine 53. I think it was like a two kilo. You can buy like the fucking highest grade of steak for 50 bucks a kilo. You could, but this stuff's like- It's got everything in it. In terms of kibble as well, is that you give a far less, far less of it because it's more rich and compact. Energy dense. Yeah. Yeah, But also, I don't use it. I use it more for treats and I use it when I'm adding it to- So, hang on. If you- Let's like a standard kibble, you'd be giving like, let's say two cups a day with the standard cup. Yeah. So, Zwee, you'd use less. Oh, yeah, like I would give like two of those small ass cups or three, I think. That's a thing, but like does Zeewee come with its own cup or not? Yeah. It does. Yeah. Because a lot of them don't. Yeah. A Um, lot of them don't. And you're like, well, what's a cup? But if you you Google it, usually they say a cup is 100 grams. Okay. Of like your standard kibble. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, spades, if I was giving kibble, he would get like usually three and a half, four cups of the kibble with like, you know, sardines or tuna. Yeah. And with the- Look, I haven't given him straight 
Zeewee Peak. I think it's too rich, you know. Sure. Hasn't been used to that. But that night, every time we heard a lightning, I mean, a firework, Mark and reward, Mark and reward. He actually dealt with it pretty good. Now, his stress is just <laughs> yeah, he's and just like, a bit uneasy. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I know that's his stress. I know his mindset. I know yeah. that he's not dealing well. He's, now, some dogs- You know that. You know, uh, his do- you know the dog. He's exactly. Dog. I know some dogs will be like that. Just That's just how they live. They're, like they're just uneasy all the time because they're just super high energy. But also- Knowing when to go for that walk, settle him. Oh, we went for a walk while it was happening. We came back, lots of treats, lots of training, um, had him inside, music on, setting it up. So that's about controlling his mindset. When I feel that he gets stressed, because now fireworks go off randomly, um, we go up, we go for a walk. That was a thing this year, actually. I, I, funny you mentioned it. You're saying like we, we couldn't really do anything because of COVID, but it actually made the neighborhood fireworks worse. Yes. Because a lot of people had bought them. Exactly. Illegal ones. And they're going more like, for our foreign listeners, like fireworks are illegal in New South Wales. I think you can use them in Canberra, I think, in yeah, the ACT. But I think you but used I, to. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. New South Wales, they're totally illegal. Yeah. So, like heaps of people were using them around here. And I was like, I was glad we didn't get shadow till the 10th or whatever. Yeah. So, I was like, sweet. It's great with the puppy because with spades, it was always when he was a, when he was a young dog, um, every time it happened, I was just rewarding him. He'd, he'd actually look at me wanting to go for a walk. So, I think- we're not going to go into too much more detail about mindset and behavior unless I can talk about deep, <laughs> deep psychology and neuroscience and all that sort of shit. But um, I think it's really, really important about dog training, especially with dealing with behavioral issues, with raising a puppy, with um, your own life. So look into it. Get in touch with your mindset. That's, a, that's a provoked a bit of thought in me. It's something also, that I think it's something you got to- Maybe sit and sit with and think about. A little it's bit. pretty complicated. And look, and when you're trying to teach this to somebody, you're not talking about it. Well, um, your average Mister and Mrs. Smith's probably not that interested in, like, it, on the it, first it, session or whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're that, like, so nice be, to meet you. And now, behavior mindset. What's your mindset like? Yeah, yeah. like what? Um, yeah, it's a complicated thing because, and I think you'll never really get a grasp on it personally how you feel with it because that's that's point of life is about putting yourself in different situations and knowing what your mindset's like Mm. what is your behavior Mm. in regard to that mindset because usually your behavior is a pretty erratic because you're in a shit mindset so how do you influence your mindset how do you fix that with your dog all these things need to be put into practice looked at and then also something in the back of your head to be that um what are you truly trying to do because there are trainers or there's been accidents that could happen where you may get too hard on your dog and you may seem to have stopped the behavior, um, which you probably have stopped the behavior, but you still never co- dealt with the problem, the mm. cause, the causal problem. You want the best way to demolish a building is by exploding its foundations. You know, then the building has to crumble. Mm. So you can just patch it up or take rooms out. But if you want to deal with the crux of anything, get to the heart of it. Or the mind of it. Well, that's what we're always <laughs> saying about dog training as well, right? Like everything's built on the foundations yeah. of dog training. The and basics. the foundations take so long to d- develop. You know, you got foundations for this guy, like his critical period, we say up to 16, 17 weeks, but it's kind of like the first six months yeah. is like it's a big fat critical and period. And he won't be fully grown till probably 14 months or something like that. Yeah. And months. mentally, he's three years is his mature age. Yeah. And um, like, like, like as us, as a human, you don't fully develop till 25, your brain. Yeah, exactly. It's still developing. 100%. Your frontal lobe, you know, you're That's still right. making like dodgy decisions generally until you're about 25 and sometimes older for some of us. <laughs> some people die at 60 in a 20, uh, some people die at 25 in a six year old body. They never matured. They never yeah. grew up because their habits were their habits and they identified with them. And it is a tough one, especially when you're trying to um, get rid of your vice. If you're trying, Trying to make better decisions, be a better person. It's mm. it, it's time. Everyone wants it to happen overnight, and it's not going to. Mm. Um, and with spades for his firework situation, we'll probably have to deal with that until the day he dies. He's getting better actually. In the last year, he's gotten super. He's made heaps and heaps of progress. However, 
I don't think we'll ever cure it. And I think he always had it. I think now if I was looking at him as a puppy, I would have done things a lot differently, for sure. Um, pity why, um, you know, we couldn't raise my own puppy again to go through all that. That was the initial excitement of it all. But, um, but it doesn't matter because I know it will happen again. But it's important as well that, um, like, you know, think about him. He's going to, you know, eventually maybe become a dog that's going to help with, you know, socializing with other dogs. But I didn't use Ace until he was three. And then spades until he was about around three, two, two and a half, three. So, you know, they were already dogs before yeah. we put them. So then you may want to now specifically make him more resilient, more confident because he may t- take on more mm. of a task than every other dog. So you need to know what your dog's all about. Well, his tummy's been a bit off. Um, the breeder ran out of the particular food that he was on like two days before I got him and she she literally couldn't get the other one. She She lives in the country. So, his tummy's been a bit runny for the last week and the stress of moving, that kind of thing. But And actually, the last couple of days, he's finally started to have really nice solid poos. Mm-hmm. A bit, bit too much information for the listeners, but it's important. Like, you know, we talk about checking your dog's poos all the time because you can't ask the dog how it's feeling. Like, exactly. that's one of the biggest markers. Point, my point being, um, yeah, once he's sort of into his food a bit more, I, I do want to start um, box training him. For sure. But also think about this is that when raising like ace and spades is that, yeah, food's good. And when we get into the crux of training is that we want to use good reinforcement and everything else, but that's like a third or two thirds of it. But the other one is about just the raw experience. And Mm. that's another good thing about now if you're limited with how much food you can give him, but still give him positive experiences, still give him um, confidence in terms of, you know, around different stimulus, around different environments, about being in the pen. It's not about food. It's more about just raw experience. And how did you develop good traits and good habits? And you probably weren't paid for them. Mm. You probably just learned them through the environment. Mm. And that's another part of it is that when we do get into training and there's a pity a thing about, the podcast or by reading or by, and we talked about this before, is like that- inter- intellectual yeah, we Yeah, we yeah. put all the intellectual, it's there, but there's also- theory and then there's the, practice. Yeah, and theory is probably like, you know, 10%, 20% of the intuitive nature of it all. And dogs don't read books and mark each other's <laughs> behavior as well. So, we can overlord it, but yeah, we want to live it, breathe it. It has to be in our bones. And I think that's what's important where he's at right now is about internalizing it all. And then using food as just a tool because you can still build a house with a, with one tool or another tool. You know, there's many Mm. different ways to the center Mm. of anything. So I think we should wrap it up on that note. That's a good one, man. A little bit of a shorter one, but uh, I'm just. Getting the rust off after a, f- a few months. Of that it, so. too. Hey, but also, why, why talk about something longer than we have to? Yeah, you know, um, just for the sake of it. No, nah, there's none of that. I, don't even, I haven't timed this one, so I don't even know how long 32, it went for. 33 minutes. So we took 33 minutes, master number of, of your day. Um, I hope you're all well. And if there's any questions or any um, experiences that you want to share with us, let us know. And, you know, we want to um, – this year we're going to start ramping things up a little bit more, getting a lot more guests for you guys. Yeah. And – um you know, more thought-provoking conversations because, again, like, you know, we've done a lot of episodes on a lot of mundane stuff, but now we're going to maybe talk about more deeper stuff. Mm. Um, but I we love wanna... having the guests on. That's the, the, that's the, guest the most is, fun. The guest is awesome. You know, actually it's got a third a... opinion on, on anything and of hearing course. people's story. I love hearing their backstory. Yeah, and then also in saying that, like, you may do things completely different to how I address it and I don't want you all to think that this is the way we do it, this is how I do it, and I may Ooh. even change tomorrow, and I may not even include everything that I do because – 
I've forgotten or I can't. What do they explain. say? You get three dog trainers in a room. The only thing the other two of them will agree on is how the third one's wrong. Yeah, that sucks. So, we're like, to change that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the podcast world will change that. Is that we all realize oh, we're all doing the same freaking thing, mm. and that why? And but that's a human condition. All that's roads, what, all roads lead to Rome. Exactly it comes from our good friend Glenn Cook. I've yeah. he's heard I've heard him say that a million times. And use what works for sure. So you can you can get to the same result. A million different ways. Use what yes, works. and and that's where experience comes into it. But also, like just using your eyes as well, yeah. and not your brain all the time. Because mm. our brain, our brains were developed to deal with problems. Our brain wasn't developed so we can be good at everything. Mm. We want to. It always wants something to fix, mm. and that's a problem as well. You got <laughs> you got to master that shit. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So um. Stay tuned for more to come. Much love. First, uh, our first recording session for 2021. More to come. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Well. Luke's first. Recording. My, yeah, sorry, my first. Our, I said our first. We've our been first. doing good. Um, it was a good session. Um, love you all. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches, Thank you and stay tuned for next time.